have now entered Free Range American Podcast, presented by BlackRifleCoffee.com. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Oh my, we are back. We're back again for round two. We told them, we told you guys, like there was going to be a two. Uh, and because you got two silver stars there, yes, not a lot of people have that, have two of them. Like, do people question you when you say you need a device for your silver star when you went to buy that at clothing sales? <laughs> you know, I, I actually got them from, uh, <laughs> from a place in, uh, Oklahoma and they actually called me to confirm that You're I like, Hey, uh, you had an oak leaf cluster on your silver star. Yeah. Is that a typo? <laughs> You're like, nah. Well, hell, they, didn't, they didn't believe the first one. Like, yeah. Oh, I mean, an interesting day, too. It's September 11th. Yeah. Uh, we're also five days away from uh, the 10-year anniversary of a friend of both of ours, Mr. Yeah. Danny Sanchez, senior airman Danny Sanchez. Did right. you know him? Uh, I did not know him. Mm-hmm. But I knew him in reputation. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, you showed up to his unit shortly after. I did. Yeah. Uh, he was killed. Um, real good, real good buddy of mine. You know, I, I met him right as he was graduating AST. Uh, all of them were out him and Bob Ford and a bunch of other really, really cool guys. And uh, I was PCSing to Florida at the time and was down there house hunting. So, Linked up with him. He was a skateboarder, still skating. I was, I was a skateboarder. And, you know, we had a long conversation at the swamp about Blink-182. And then I was like, I'm moving here in a month. I will see you as soon as I get down here. And then, uh, yeah, once I moved there, him and I just, that was, it, it worked. Yeah. Uh, I bought all my camera equipment shortly after I had moved there. And he was like, the first person to go test it with. We went to the skate park together and everything. Really, really good dude. Yeah. Still miss him. Uh, I, I'll tell you what, man. I, I wish I'd had the opportunity to meet him. I heard all the stories, all the drunken debauchery. And I mean, <laughs> the dude knew how to live life, man. He, he was fun. That smile was contagious. And uh, always had, he had batshit crazy ideas. And that smile, (laughs) the smile, dude. Still to this day. Yeah, we're going to have to get you that clip of him walking through my kitchen right now, (laughs) smiling up at you. He was awesome, man. And uh, yeah, I always still think about it. I'm actually working on a song about him right now that I've been writing uh, that's more so about the fact that I'm, I'm so disappointed that he didn't get to see where we came after, you know, he was there in the beginning when I first got all these cameras and I'm like, yeah. I'm going to do this. And he's like, yeah, we should do that. Like, yeah. we should do this. We should do this. We should do this. Like, yeah, man. He, I think I, I, I'm a firm believer that he would be a, a prominent character now in the Black Rifle world and our world yeah. with me, him and Matt. Like, you know, I didn't know that he was your best friend until, you know, you had this over and we were in the pool and you, you told us that. He was your best friend. And, I, you know, the whole time I kept thinking, like, man, he'd be right here right now <laughs> doing the same shenanigans. And met a lot of, I met a lot of really good guys 
from him too. Like, you know, leading on to that, he had introduced me to a lot of guys that have moved on to do some crazy cool things in the 724th. What is it now? It's no longer the 24th. Dude, uh, it, I don't even know. It, <laughs> it changes the day It keeps changing the name. But yeah, a lot of guys that went on to do some really cool things. You know, he had introduced me to a, a really cool crowd. And yeah, so cheers. Cheers to Danny Sanchez cheers, on this. Brother. On this episode, we miss you, buddy. We wish you were here. Definitely. But today, uh, you know, we're getting we're getting into it. We're getting we're getting a good good war story today, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely a. Uh, so I ended my career, you know, uh, on a very very good note, <laughs> like what we would call a JTAX wet dream yeah so i mean it, it, it was amazing yeah so how like you said this this second award spans a 15-day mission or operation that you were a part of and uh again something that you weren't expecting at all right like this was another surprise to you yeah yeah like, i had no idea you keep thinking people coming. start asking you questions you keep thinking you're in trouble yeah <laughs> well you know we're out there to try to do a job yeah. You know, this is what we train for. This is what we do, you know? And honestly, like, I, awards or no awards. Like, I honestly don't... I'm grateful that I got them. And I'm grateful that I was recognized for them. But at the same time, I, you know, I never came into this career field or this community uh, as an award hunter. You know, it's just, it wasn't my thing, you know? Yeah, but... I, and And you and I kind of touched on this offline, but, you know... The whole awards and decks situation in the military is a very weird and kind of frustrating world. Yeah. Like, because there doesn't seem to be a standard, like, like where it, they've never come out and gone, okay, if you, if you do or achieve or accomplish this, this is, this is how we're going to do it. It's all very subjective. So it's like, I've seen, you know, I've seen instances where rank gets in the way, mm -hmm. where, oh, he's too low of a rank for us to consider him for a high award. Well, no, that shouldn't matter. That yeah. should be completely irrelevant. Or uh, we can't give this guy this award because he got an art Article 15 before he deployed. Well, no, that doesn't change what he did at all. And oh, by the way, like a guy gets in trouble and then corrects himself and, and goes out and does something heroic. How the hell are you going to yeah. just, oh, we can't give this guy an award for... Oh, yeah this situation because he got in trouble that's bullshit absolutely you know and a lot of it spans from there's a lot of animosity jealousy, the, jealousy ego exactly people think well, that the second they 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 give this award i mean uh, look at guys like gz mm -hmm. he got the air force cross and then went back to work the next day mm -hmm. and he still you know he received the cross what almost six yeah seven later, eight man. years ago yeah if not more yeah. Like, and he's still active duty today, yeah. going back and just doing the job. You know, I never, I never even knew this until recently when I was down at Marcus Luttrell's ranch. After he came back from, from Red Wings and came home, he went on another deployment to Fallujah. Damn. Like, yeah, I had he no like idea. healed up and then went on another. I don't think a lot of people know yeah. that. Like, yeah. he got back to work. Yep. Like, just like you guys do. So it's a, I, I don't know where it, where it comes from, like, 
I, don't I mean, know. we do. We do know where it comes from. <laughs> so. Yeah. You know, and, you know, the, it, it's funny because for the, my first award, I actually had to go up to the Pentagon um, because I don't think that, I mean, we're Air Force. You know, when you think about Air Force, what do you really think about? Not Air, to downplay airplanes. anybody else in the Air Force, yeah. but it's not a frontline, you know, yeah. combat role. So, a lot of these guys, the decisions, especially for some of these higher uh, awards, they look at it and the first thing they see is, oh, he's an Air Force guy. You know, so you you don't, historically, you don't think about an Air Force guy as being on the front lines, you know, or realistically, we have to do something pretty amazing. And a lot of times what it comes down to, which is, I, I think this is what brought the uh, the, the awards review to potentially upgrade folks mm-hmm. is that um, they that we there are teams there are guys that go out there and they do stuff on missions that are absolutely amazing, but because there was no loss of life, no catastrophic loss of life, it doesn't get a lot of attention. No, that's an amazing point too. Like, uh, and there's something I want to share with you eventually. I've got I've got one of our buddies' stories. Heinous, heinous situation, but everybody came out alive. They did everything right. Why isn't that recognized? Yeah, like, absolutely. Like, like, why, why aren't we awarding? Like, oh man, you guys, you, you guys did it. Like, and it, Tavis Delaney got a silver star for it. Yeah. Uh, but still, it just seems. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. It seems like they, they downgrade it. If oh, all of you didn't die. But wait, okay. what, yeah, it's like Tavis just controlled aircraft for a 20-hour-plus fight against 450 Taliban and brought every one of his people home. Yeah. Wait, well, what? <laughs> and a lot of it's leadership, man. You know, it, I don't think a lot of people take the, the time necessarily to, to read into. And, you know, a lot of the AARs, after-action reports that we do, you know, you, you read it and, you know, most of the guys aren't out seeking awards. They write what happened. And, you know, for us, this is business as usual. It's a day-to-day thing. And, you know, while somebody may see it as, you know, something extraordinary for us, guys doing it on out in the battlefield, it's, you know, you're protecting the man to your left and your right of you. So here was my thought process when I was in, because I remember this, I got in a I, I got into an argument with one of my ALOs uh, probably around 2008 when I went to ALS. And it was like, I get it. What we do is our job. Our job is to go to combat. Our job is to be a JTAC or a controller in combat. This is our job. But like when we do face the enemy in weird situations or crazy situations or overwhelming situations and we do our job well, just like everywhere else in the military, when you do your job well, you are re- awarded yeah. something or recognized for it. Like, I always hated, there was no kind of distinguishment between, when I, when I went to ALS, I'm wearing the same, the same award that I have and what it says that how I got that is not the same yeah. for who I'm sitting next to in that room that, Never left, you know, never was in an unsafe environment. Never, never had to make a decision that said, okay, this could 
this could be the rest of my life. This could, this could end me. This could do this, but I have to do this for the mission or to save the guys that I'm with. So it was like, that was frustrating for me because we were never, there wasn't this hierarchy in the awards system. And that's what I was arguing with, with that officer is like, like, you know, you get, you get the, you're wearing the same award as I am right now. But what I did is substantially different from, from where you were at. Where I was, it was dangerous in life or death. Yeah. So. (laughs) No, I I agree a hundred percent, man. And, uh, you know, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. Armed services as as a whole, you know, you you sign on that dotted line. You know, some people realize it, and some people don't. You know, it's a, it's a dangerous profession. It's just we do that, dangerous shit. We do dangerous shit all the time. But some folks are closer to that danger, extremely, much much closer than the majority of the force. And that's what I mean. It's like, yeah, that's not. I, I feel sometimes that goes un unrecognized. I mean, just, just with what we've done with that. I mean, you look at Vietnam and World War II, how many private, private first classes are, are awarded medal, medals of honor and things like that? Yeah. Like, there was a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, back then, we weren't hell-bent on rank. Like, but yes, in my career, I've heard an officer straight up say, we are not giving him that. He is just an E4. What? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah. But you, you, you apparently had good leadership that was looking out for you and making sure that they were recognizing you for the extraordinary things that you did. I did. Uh, I was extremely fortunate, you know, at the time. And uh, a lot of the guys around that era, I mean, they, they you know, uh, we were fortunate that they actually had an opportunity to go out into the field and to do some of these operations. You know. They may not have been as dangerous or extensive as some of the ones that, you know, the guys before or after followed, but they understood and they knew the criteria and, you know, they, they had a, they had a firsthand account of what actually goes on out in the battlefield. Yeah. You think that kind of changed perspective? It, it definitely changed. Oh, yeah, it, it does. I had a, uh, I had an F-14 pilot fly into Mosul, um, Diamondback, Merez. Um, in 2005, and he went on missions with us for three days. And that was the most effective thing I think I've ever seen because he got back, he did a debrief with all the pilots currently flying our missions. Like, hey, this is what this looks like. Yeah. This is what it's like down there. Like, that, it is an effective thing. Like, mm-hmm. And that's kind of an, another gripe I've had with, you know, who, who is on the board? Just deciding if you did enough to get this. Because they always wonder that. Like, yeah. and, and in a perfect world, it would be a bunch of us, people yep. that have experienced it. So when you read a citation, you read it in a different mindset of, okay, I know, I know he didn't have to do this here. That was above and beyond. I know that he made the decision here, like rather than just personnelists or whoever that's sitting back there judging these actions because... I remember I saw, uh, it was a few years ago, there was a very similar situation to what Sal Gunta got the Medal of Honor from that happened with a TACP airman. And uh, it was, the story was written by a general that went to visit wounded soldiers in the field hospital out in Afghanistan. 
And the first thing the soldier says when he wakes up is, tell that tack P, thank you. Like, because he carried him, like, yeah. that guy had gotten shot and he had carried him up the mountain, like, to get him out from the guys trying to move in and steal him. Yeah. Like, okay, well, that kid got a Arkham with Valor. Yeah. Like, yeah. and he was an E3. Yeah. It's like, weird. Yeah. Because there's a Medal of Honor citation that reads awfully like this one. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, the, the, the biggest thing is, you know, it's... It, for folks that don't know the enlisted performance reports, I mean, you you have to you have a very small line that you have to capture an accomplishment for, and it's the same thing with the award system. Is that you have essentially a paragraph yeah, to capture sixteen lines or something exactly to capture a 10, 12, 15, 20 hour firefight, you know, or <laughs> or a deployment, and it's like you cannot get everything in there and. Even if you do, you know, somewhat capture the 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 highlights of it, there's so much more that goes on behind the curtain that you know I think you really have to talk to the individual and find out the story firsthand because you know, like I said before, a lot of the guys leave so much out. They just capture what they feel is important and something that they did, which was completely normal, and they did not see as something extraordinary in the eyes of folks that are, you know, watching, that is in and of itself amazing. And I, I don't think a lot of that gets captured. Yeah. And it, you know, so you have guys that don't get awards that are commensurate to what they actually did. I mean, an eye-opening thing, too, is there, there was that movie that just came out. Um, uh, the PJ, PJ? Uh, Pittsburgh, yeah, yeah. Pittsburgh. They got the Medal of Honor, yeah. and that kind of shows how frustrating it is. Mm -hmm. It was like that one PJ chief is fighting to get this guy the medal, and the people in charge of it, like how they portrayed the uh, Secretary of the Air Force, was like, Ugh, I don't got time for this. It's like, yeah. come on. Yeah, this is a big deal. It's the Medal of Honor. Yeah. Like, come on, you know. It's, 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 I don't know. It's really sad. You know, I, I, I think that folks need to take it. If you have a guy that's being recommended for the Medal of Honor, especially the Medal of Honor, like, man, everything should stop. You, you really need to look at it, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's nothing well, we've, else. Is, we as a whole in the Air Force have failed this portion oh, yeah. because Absolutely. we are not, we're not starved with people that deserve it. Yeah. Like there are not situations that have happened that you and I both have friends that if you, if you left and right it, here is, here is the Medal of Honor. It was given to an army guy in the last 20 years. Here's what our guy did. Like we have failed yeah. completely at this. And I don't know why. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, we know why. Because... Yeah. <laughs> The, the, the pilot world. <laughs> yep. So, let's get into this. Let's hear it. All Second right. Silver Star. Start with them calling you again and telling you you're getting another one. And I want to hear what your thoughts are on that. And then tell us why. Well, you know, uh, <laughs> initially I had no idea that I was even submitted for this second one. And a uh, uh, good friend of mine, Chief Norad, who was, uh, he did a... a Actually, I don't, I don't really know what the heck his job was out there, but he worked at the group, you know, and, and uh, him and I kept in pretty good contact. 
And he's the one who actually called me and said, hey, man, your, your second Silver Star is in the works. And I was like, what? You know, so I, I literally had zero clue until he called me. And I was like, uh, you know, and again, I was like, I mean, this is great. You know, it, it's, it's a great honor. And I never really thought that it was actually. Yeah, you never think it's going to no, go through. No, no. <laughs> okay. And quite honestly, a part of me was, you know, I wouldn't say I didn't care, but, it, you know, if it happens, it happens. If not, you know, not. Because, like I said, I, you know, I'm not an award chaser, you know. But, but yeah, so, you know, I got the call and I was like, oh, my God, you know. And uh, I told my girlfriend at the time, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm, there's, I could potentially be getting a second silver star. Like, what does that even mean? You know? yeah, what does that mean? <laughs> but really, very anticlimactic. But, you know, that, that, was, that was my initial... Hey, you're getting, you could potentially get a second one. And then when did they call you and say, hey, it's approved? We need to schedule an award ceremony. Yeah, yeah, man. I was uh, actually here in Lackland. Uh, I PCS'd from uh, the 2 1 out to Lackland. And uh, there was another guy actually getting the Silver Star. And ironically enough, he's my boss now. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, they, uh, they asked me for a list of folks that I wanted to come out and, you know, observe and, uh, or my designated, uh, uh, guests and whatnot. And so we were having a joint uh, Silver Star presentation with uh, uh, Mr. Young now. And uh, I mean, I, for me, I thought it was great because it's in front of the schoolhouse, you know, whether, whether I feel I deserved it or not. It, it, you know, at that point, it becomes, it's like, okay, so this is where it all started. This is where I first You have memories in. everywhere. Yeah, you have memories everywhere. And so all these kids are going to be there, the guys that are currently going through the pipeline. And I was like, man, this is, this is awesome. Not, not necessarily for me, but for them, you know, I mean, cause I remember as a young airman, the first time I met Jeff Bray, you know, Mogadishu Superstar yeah. recipient, yeah. he was my team sergeant. And man, when I got to the teens, my very first memories were like, holy shit, this guy's got a silver star. Like, you know, and I was like, oof, oof. yeah, it's intimidating. It is very intimidating. I got to the team and here he is. Like, you know, we're, we're, we're around the table and he's my team sergeant. And I'm like, holy shit. And I wasn't even paying attention to the briefing because I was just in awe of well, the man I, that I'm sitting next to. I think to. that's a weird thing too, because it's like to explain to people out there that never served or anything like that. Like when you come in and you're the young guy, like we were like, these are our are our celebrities. Yeah. Like there are there are heroes. They're like we I knew every every citation of all of our guys like yeah. when I was in E3, like that had gotten it. Like and I, I, I was just enthralled by it. Like this this is who I want to be like. Look how he 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 won. He won the battle. He did it cool, calm and collected. Like I gotta be like that. Yeah. Like, no, absolutely, man. You know. I don't watch sports very much. I don't, you know, I've never really been into it. I've met a lot of Hollywood celebrities, met a lot of uh, sports, uh, you know, athletes and whatnot. And realistically, I, I've never really paid much attention to them. But the guys that, you know, I admired were Colonel Cole. Um, Keep going. Uh, Colonel Cole, uh, you know, the Colonel Doolittle's right-hand man. Doolittle Raiders. Doolittle Raiders. You know, guys like that, that, you know, I mean, they put their life out on the line. And a lot of our guys in our community, you know, they're, they're, they're just, those are my heroes. I want to emulate these guys. Um, 
you know, versus any of these Hollywood stars that really don't do anything but perform or play a game, yeah. you know? I always wondered why no, like, hot Hollywood actresses ever wanted to, like, bring us to the red carpet, like, all decked out and all of our stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like, wouldn't you want that? Like, uh, my boyfriend's a Navy SEAL. Yeah. <laughs> Get all the bling. Yeah. I, I, I would just think that if I... If I was a female in Hollywood, like, and had risen to fame and money and everything, like, the person I would want to bring around, I would want to be able to kill everyone else. Absolutely. You see what I mean? Not, yeah. not, oh, he was in a bunch of these movies. No, no, no. Mine can kill all of you. See, see, <laughs> your date only played one in a movie. Mine actually did it. You know? <laughs> all right. So, uh, yeah. So, what'd you get this thing for? So, yeah, I mean, it, you know, typically these awards are for a specific event. Um, sometimes, you know, they'll give them out for, uh, in, in my case, was a deployment. It, you know, it wasn't just one thing. Um, so mine was just a compilation of my entire deployment, which wasn't that long. You yeah. know, it was, it was only about uh, two, just shy of two months. When you got hurt. I did. Yeah, yeah. I did. Um, and half my team was Again, wounded. Again, by the way. Yeah. Like breaking arms, yeah. now this time. I mean, yeah, I broke my back in 04, uh, broke my arms in 09, concussions, uh, broke my leg in 2010. Like, I mean, it's just, it's a compilation, you know, and uh, essentially on this, about half my team was wounded. Oh, wow. Um, there was, uh, I want to say about 13 to 15 Americans, uh, about three interpreters, and Initially, we went in, I want to say, with about 40 uh, commandos, you know. And then we had a couple other guys uh, infill in after we actually established ourselves. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, you know, you get hurt. I don't want to leave country. And, yeah. you know, that, that we're there to do a job. And, you know, most of our guys can suck it up, suck up the pain. And, you know, it's not really a big deal, you know. I'm suffering for it now. I mean, <laughs> everything hurts now, but, but, uh, but yeah. So, um, I just got back from my previous deployment in June. So I uh, had about six months for a train up. And I mean, I just wanted to keep going back to back to back. And this was shortly after, uh, Mark Forster was killed. And so I, I kind of, and really, Danny a few weeks and Danny. Prior, yeah, few yeah, weeks, so yeah. This is, yeah. this is two, 2010. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of a bad year for the community period. Oh, so yeah. Danny, we we were... lost Brad Smith yep. in, uh, in January. Mm -hmm. Then Danny in September. Two weeks later, Mark Forrester. Yep. Like, we were we were getting hit hard. And then George got hurt at the yeah. same location. Yeah. George, um, George, real close with George. Yeah, he's yeah. he's an awesome, he's awesome, man. I love that guy. <laughs> um, Ray was another guy that was there with George. Um, he got hit by a mortar. I mean... Um, and then um, I forget the name of the SF captain that was there as well. He lost both his legs. Uh, I lost another close. Per I mean, that place has just taken so many people, you know. But when Forrester was there, they pushed a lot of the fighters down south. Uh, it was about 100K uh, by, uh, by Terran Cal. So when I came in in January, um, I literally had about a week to a week and a half to uh, basically come up with a close air support fire plan, you know, and uh, the guy that I was ripping out, uh, officer type, 
um, basically gave me a high five. He's like, I'm out of here. And, you know, I went in and I had a week and a half to plan. And uh, the first uh, the first five days or so, uh, basically just a presence patrol, um, really, you know, kind of scoping out the area. And uh, I think that the uh, that particular location in the Hellman uh, province, uh, there hadn't been a presence in a while. So I think the last time that the, uh, any kind of forces were there was when they were building the Kajaki Dam, the hydroelectric dam. Yeah. So uh, we went in, we were just kind of moseying in, didn't really know what to expect, presence patrol. And we came up on two, and you know, Afghanistan, you you aren't hiding from anybody, you know, <laughs> especially yeah. if you're rolling in on vehicles. <laughs> no. So, you know, we come on to these two guys putting in IEDs for us. Uh, luckily, we caught them ahead of time. So they saw us coming at them. We took a couple of pop shots at them, just kind of warning shots, you know, because we didn't really know exactly what they were doing. Um, it's a lot of times they fix the roads and all that stuff. So you never really know. Uh, so anyway, we took a couple pop shots. They ran off and jumped on their bike and started heading, you know, down towards the the, the village, the closest village, which was on the west side of Kajaki. And uh, so we come up to where they were digging, and the, sure enough, there were two IEDs. So we blew them in place, and we continued to move forward. And you know, at this point, we we had significant traffic. Uh, uh, Icom, Icom traffic yeah. that you know they were waiting for us and. Uh, they saw us come in and, you know. So we have assets up there that listens to their walkie-talkies and things with, uh, you know, um, interpreters or our own linguists, yeah. airborne linguists. Uh, Tizos, right? Uh, or Zizos. Zizos, yeah. Zizos, yeah. Sitting, sitting in an asset. And then they're feeding this information back to us like, hey, we've got traffic. They know you guys are on your way. Yeah, yeah, they're all talking to each other. Lights up. That's just one of those things that exists in our tool belt. Yep, absolutely. You know, and I mean, it, after we found the IDs, we kind of we knew we were we were in for something. You're you like, know, yeah. we, we just <laughs> we didn't really know the extent of what was going to happen. So you know, we're slowly making movement to contact. And at this point, you know, we've gotten significant traffic that. Like, hey, they're they're waiting for us. So we're methodically moving, making movements of contact. And uh, we end up in an L ambush. And I mean, near ambush. I'm talking about, a, you know, cold, within 100 yards. And we're stuck in the middle of the cemetery, open, you know, open terrain. There's a couple of buildings left and right of us. But for the most part, they were in the built-up area. And uh, I mean, the, it's just all hell broke loose all at once. And... Funny story, you know, as as we're fighting, uh, me and one of my buddies, Dustin, we'd been working on the 240, or, or I'm sorry, the 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 minigun. Yeah. We'd been working on the minigun because we couldn't figure out what the hell was wrong with it. And we finally realized that it was the feed tray that was actually, you know, uh, it was jamming up. So we replaced the feed tray and we're in this near ambush. And I hear, you know, my buddy Omar, the Bravo, calling up. It's like, I'm really calm, really calm. It's like, Hey, Dustin. And Dustin's like, yeah. And I'm trying to work air. You know, yeah, yeah. So you you're good. you got this in one ear. And uh, Dustin's like, yeah. He's like, hey, man, you know that minigun that uh, you were trying to fix the whole time that you fixed? And Dustin's like, yeah. And he's like, why don't you fucking use it? You know? <laughs> 
this is, and this is what the comms are like when we're out there. Like a lot of people don't know. Oh my hey, God. hey, you know that thing that we have that's going to yeah. end this real quick? Why, why aren't you on it right now? Right in the <laughs> middle of a gunfight, you know. And the Afghans are scared shitless of it. You know, they call it the laser. I don't know what the word for laser is in yeah. Afghan, but yeah. but anyway, you know, I I look up at Dustin and I'm like, yeah, bro, like you know, use it. <laughs> and uh, I, I just see him like, uh, he's like frustrated, so he gets on the minigun, and I'm talking like a full minute, just back and forth, back and forth, just tracer solid line, like. Oh my right God, it literally area. looks like a laser being fired. And I see the tops of trees just pop, 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 pop. I, I mean, they're falling over. The walls on the buildings are falling over. And so he, you know, stops. And you know, you're only supposed to do a couple bursts because it overheats the barrel. 10 seconds, 15 seconds. Oh my God, I don't know how many thousands <laughs> of rounds per minute that thing fires, but ridiculous. So... He lets go of the trigger, and there is dead silence for about... It's like a movie. Dude, for about 10 seconds, just both sides. Nobody's Man, firing. Everybody's just... <laughs> and then all of a sudden, everything's broke. It's like, all right, it's on. You know, uh... So I had a I had a, a gunship that flies during the day at that time. The whiskey you know, model. The whiskey model. Yeah. And... Uh, so that was their first time in country. Uh, and I I was the first one to actually use them in anger, you know, um, actually get to employ on people. on people. On people. On people. We like to. Oh, yeah. It's on people. But, uh, but yeah, so, I, you know, I fed them the nine lines. I had F-18s overhead, and I'm waiting. You know, I, I gave them the nine lines. They're setting up their orbit. And uh, the first one goes off, and I'm like, yo, where's the boom? You know, nothing happens. It's like, oh, that must have been a dud. Like, all right, reattack, you know, and second one comes down and I'm like, you see it? Yeah, I saw yeah. it, you know, and I heard it impact, but I'm like, no boom. So the captain looks over at me and he's like, you know, he's getting frustrated. He's like, bro, where's, where's, the, not in so many nice words. He's like, bro, where's the cast? And I'm like, sir, I'm like, I can only, you know, I, can, I can't fly the plane for him, you know? <laughs> So anyway, I, you know, F-18s check on and they had my nine line uh, that they were listening. And I, you know, I basically told those guys, I'm like, get the fuck out of my airspace. So they ended up scooting out and uh, the F-18s. Take your duds elsewhere, yes. nerd. Yes. <laughs> we, we won't go into the F-18s, but uh, <laughs> they messed up the first one and they ended up missing the second time and they were bingo fuel so they had to, they were out of fuel yeah so they had to get the hell out of there so i'm waiting for a10s to come overhead please god just give me somebody that yes. can fight oh my god and you know I, at this point like man we're taking fire from every direction one of my buddies has been shot in the head helmet on of course uh and then our interpreter had been shot in the leg at that point so we're like Man, the amount of firepower that was coming at us, I'm surprised more of us didn't get hit. Our gun trucks were riddled with, you know, bullets. But uh, so I hear that the, the AC-130 come back up, back up online. He's like, hey, give us one more time. I'm like, last chance. You know, and uh, sure enough, they came in. They readjusted their pattern. And from then on, man, it was like, boom, boom, boom. It was like clockwork. It was 
It was a thing of beauty. Yeah, you know? yeah. Oh, Once they're effective. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then the combination of them and the A-10s that came in overhead after mm. that was amazing. How was how was the Alpha after that? Did he look at you like, ooh. Yeah, you know, right. they don't really have to say much after that. You know, it's they're like, like, okay. You know, and it's kind of like an unspoken <laughs> communication. <laughs> and, uh, Your insurance policy has been fulfilled. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, so anyway, you know, and I can't remember how long we were fighting for, honestly. And uh, we ended up uh, taking a building just off to the north. Our plan was to go ahead and continue to roll through. There, there was no way. Yeah. You know, and we really had no idea what kind of a force was back there. Uh, we assumed maybe 50, 75 fighters or whatever, uh, but we really didn't know. Um, so we strong pointed one of the buildings right on the outside. No buildings behind us. Everything was uh, just south of us. And uh, we continue to fight from uh, day in, day out for about five days. And, uh, and there's another... So are they trying to take you guys? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so... then you're pushing them back. And yes. then they're trying to take for five days. Yes. And <laughs> the, the, which was weird to me because it, we'd actually get traffic. They wanted to take us alive. They were at least one of us alive, you know. And we could hear them talking about it. So they would advance on us, and then, you know, we'd uh, come back and fight, fight them. But, uh, you know, at, at a, a couple of times, we tried to advance forward, and we, we had a team. I, I stayed back at the strike point, and I'm watching everything through my... Uh, uh, Rover. Yeah, my video downlink. Yeah. And uh, the ODA team's moving down, and so I got the A-10s already set up, you know, and I got four guys moving towards them, five guys actually moving towards them, and uh, my buddy Omar again, like I just hear him pop off a couple rounds and I actually saw him on the video. So immediately A-10s are, obviously they're watching and they picked up on it, knew exactly where our guys were at. He's like, I can be in in like five seconds. I'm like, you're cleared hot. Boom. You know, <laughs> as soon as I gave him the cleared hot, man, I'm telling my guys, and I talked to them before. I'm like, listen, man, we ever do anything danger close? I'm like, I will warn you. You hit the fucking ground, all right? Because, you know, and I explained to them what a 30 millimeter yeah. will do when it fragments. And uh, so anyway, I, I, I shit you now. I didn't even have to tell them. They just hit the deck as low as they could. I'm like, hey, get down. A-10 comes in, does a strafing run on the, uh, within the cemetery. And man, I mean, all those dudes go down. A fifth one got away, but he was dead and probably didn't even know it, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, but we ended up carrying the bodies back to uh, the strong point and just kind of set them outside. Stacking them up. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I give stacking bodies an entirely new meaning, right? Hey, this is what you do. Let them exactly. know, hey, you come around here. This is what you're going to be. You're going to be part of our wall. Yep. <laughs> so... So anyway, like after that, you know, we're like, you know what? Maybe we should get out of here. And after five days, running low on supplies, running low on ammo. And uh, they were waiting for us to actually come out of the building. Um, so we ended up calling another team for reinforcements. Uh, they were up to the northwest of us. And um, so the, the, the intent was when they come in, uh, they're going to draw fire. Wait a minute. This wasn't... I might be confusing too, but did did a team get stuck in the mud that was coming out to you? No, no, okay, it, okay. it wasn't that one. It, it wasn't that. But a vehicle did roll over on our way back yeah. you know, from that particular team. But uh, but no, no, yeah, on this one, no vehicle stuck in the mud. It was just 
You know, they came out and I mean, we were expecting them to get a little bit closer before they started getting shot at. And I mean, as soon as they were within small arms, it's like it, all hell just opened loose. And again, again, <laughs> and we were not ready for it, you know, so we're like, so you have an alternate team coming in from the north to yes. meet you guys, and then you're gonna roll out. Yes, yeah. What, what did they call them back then? The V V VCPs or whatever it is. There's, I can't remember what, what they're called. There's just the 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 little cops or whatever that are out there. Yeah, the cops are. Uh... Yeah, so it's just an ODA team with a couple guys, you know, minimally manned. And uh, so anyway, they came out and. Uh, they started taking fire, drew fire for us. And as soon as we made it out of the building, like, man, we just started getting lit up, man. And uh, that's where I got my 240 kill. It was fantastic. Oh, let's hear it. Oh, man. So we're running. We're, I mean, we're hauling ass out, right? And everybody's engaging something. And I see a couple of dudes shooting out of the door. And I mean, I just turned my gun. I'm control. I'm trying to get Eric this time, you know, yeah. and, so I just turned my 240 to the left and I'm like, and I mean, right through the door. And I saw one dude fall. And I'm assuming I, I'm going to say I hit the side. You got both. I got, got both. both. We're going to give you that one. But that door was just lit up, you know. And <laughs> I mean, we, we, we fought our way out the entire thing, you know. And uh, nobody got, besides my buddy getting shot in the head. And, uh, you know, he lived, just had a pretty bad headache for a while. Helmet. Yeah, uh, and then uh, our turp getting shot, which was, you know, nothing major. Um, but anyway, we ended up coming back home, and uh, we we pretty much stirred the hornet's nest, you know. And so two weeks— So you guys refit, yes. and you're like, all right, we're going back in. <laughs> yeah, rest, refit, and two weeks later, we ended up going in. Um, and this time, we were a lot better prepared, um, had a lot— uh, we had a situational awareness of what was there, you know. And again, we still had no idea fully what the hell was there, you know. I, again, I estimated about you know fifty to seventy-five dudes that we were actually fighting. Um, but anyway, um, that's a lot of people to be fighting. It is. It is. Um, so I thought. But after, and and I'll tell you about that later. After the fact, I I was like. Holy shit! I've, you know, I've never faced this many people, and we had no idea at the time. Yeah. So anyway, rest and refit. Uh, instead of coming in from the northeast this time, we ended up going up from the northwest. So passing the uh, the the little cop that was there that helped us out initially. Yeah. So you know, we're trying to get the element of surprise on our side. And uh, no, it, <laughs> no, no, no. Um, we got blown. We, we hit an IED on the way down. So we had to wait. And there was another little village reporting about, I mean, anywhere you go in Afghanistan, there's somebody up on the mountain and they're always going to be reporting. So the element of surprise was gone. Um, so uh, blew up a vehicle and a trailer. Um, luckily, we only had a few guys injured at the time. Uh, Afghans, no Americans yet. And so we ended up stopping at the bottom of the hill and we blew the vehicles up in place, you know, 500 pounders, got a couple of A-10s on board and uh, got rid of them. You know, we don't want to leave them there for the the enemy to exploit. So we continue on. And the second day we wake up, we run in this little, you know, uh, uh, 
ruins, basically. It's just half walls about four feet high. And some dumbass compromised, I want to say, a couple of months worth of crypto. They lost the entire, what is it? Well, uh, what are they called? The 613 or? No, the uh, crazy 10. The crazy 10. Yeah, A and CD. They lost an entire crazy 10. So I wake up that morning and I'm like, man, I haven't heard shit on the radio. And my comms guy, SATCOM, everything's down, right? And I have aircraft flying overhead. And I'm like, man, they, they got to be here for me. So I try to get up on comms and nothing, you know? So revert back to Wrong the guard. Guard, yeah, and I'm like, hey, uh, you guys up here for you know my call sign? And they're like, yeah, they're like, uh, hey, I'm like, hey, bro, um, switch back to the prior crypto and we'll talk that way. So, luckily, they had it and they anticipated, you know, that you guys didn't get change over. So, anyway, uh, well, we changed over, but dumbass lost the crazy 10. So, we started talking, he's like, hey, man, yeah, uh, this is what happened. And we chilled out there for a little while, and we actually had an, a helicopter fly us in a new Crazy 10 with the updated crypto. And at that point, man, like they were setting up on us. Like the, as soon as we started moving out, we took a recoilless rifle. We Oof. got hit from one of the compounds. Like, I mean, and we also hit another AED on the way there, which is, I mean, out in the middle of nowhere. Like, I mean, you, we took different routes. And this IED was placed out in the middle of nowhere. So, and again, luckily we 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 got lucky, and uh, it was only the Afghan vehicle that got hit. We blew that one up in place and continued to push forward. So, the intent was to continue to push into the town. You know, the mission was to deny safe haven. Apparently, you know, it's where the bad guys go on vacation for whatever reason. I, I don't know. <laughs> um, and it was pretty built up, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, it was, you know, we're talking like, you know, as, as far as in terms of uh, mud cities is it literally was, I mean, built up right on, right along the, the river valley. Um, so anyway, we go in and we're taking fire the entire time we're going in. And uh, the captain decided, hey, we're going to strong point this building. The original concept was to have two teams. One come in from the Northwest, the second team push out to the northeast and we'd flank them with a dividing line in between and obviously that never happened i mean we were getting bombarded left and right and uh what they were using were they were using trenches uh old aqueducts that they would build holes and come up so you'd never really even see them coming out of the caves they would sit in the back of the caves and fire and you don't get any muzzle flashes yeah but uh so we decided to hunker down, and it was uh, day in and day out. We'd literally go out early morning, and we'd fight it out, and we'd come back in, and uh, it just continued on for 15 days. But um, 15 days of just duking it out, rolling back, duking it out, rolling back. Oh, yeah. So, you know, it was, it, it, this was wintertime as well. Um. You know, we finally figured out where the hell they were coming from, right? And we started making some deliberate movements and starting to clear the the town. So we would push in one day. And I mean, we were fighting through. So literally, we were fighting in the mud. We were fighting in the rain. I was dropping through uh, probably a 200-foot 200, 200 cloud deck, dropping through the weather Ooh. with 
uh, B1s, Danger Close. And uh, at one point, like, man, we, and this is straight out of a Hollywood movie, right? So we're about a week into it. And I mean, everybody's tired. Everybody's hurting. Um, we're run out of supplies. So we go in and we make a full-on attack. And the Afghans are, you know, you only get probably about a week's worth of work on them. And uh, so we, we're, we're close enough to see the whites of their eyes. We're literally chucking grenades back and forth. They're chucking it at us, and we're chucking it right back at them. They're coming out from around the walls, and they're firing RPGs right at us. And true trench warfare. <laughs> like, man, it, it, you know, I, for a second, I'm like, man, this is just like World War II. You know? <laughs> it was fucking awesome, you know? And <laughs> just, <laughs> oh my God. Um, and at one point, you know, I was like, you know what? You know what would make this? And this is in the middle of the fight, right? Yeah. I'm like, there's always humor in the middle of the oh. fight. Like, always. <laughs> like some of the funniest shit has happened during major gunfights, you know? And uh, I was like, you know, the only thing that would make it better right now is if it started hailing. <laughs> and the skies open up, and what do you know? There's hail coming right at us. And all the guys were looking at me like, dude, <laughs> shut the fuck up. <laughs> Holy fuck. So we continue to push forward, right? And we're getting hammered at this point. Dude. So A-10s are overhead. And I'm like, dude, what? Captain's like, we got to do something, man. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm like, this is going to be danger close. You good? He's you like, get, right. he's like, I'm good. Yeah. He's like, there's my office. And, so was, and, uh, and he's always working on getting clearance, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, like this particular, I mean, they, they were fucking close. And I mean, I was dropping regardless. I'm like, hey, sir, I'm fucking dropping. Give me that clearance, right? And he's like, dude, I'm trying. I'm like, you know, so I'd already given him the cleared hot. And they're coming in, danger close. Everybody's hunkered down. And he's like, all right, you got the clearance. I'm like, oh, it's all right, because I already dropped. Yeah, it's in the air. It's in the air, bombs <laughs> away. And, you know, uh, three 500-pounders go off in front coo, of us. Coo, coo, coo. And there was silence, right? And then shortly after that, and again, you know, we're, we're a week into it. And <laughs> the commandos are hurting. Everybody's kind of, you know, at this point, we're tired. We're yeah. hungry. We're out of supplies. We're out of food. And man, as soon as those bomb hits, like all those dudes are like, ra like raising their guns up in the air. And it was like somebody said, charge. And all these dudes just started hauling ass down the trench lines, above the trench lines, <laughs> going right back at it. <laughs> you you trench warfare in Afghanistan. Oh my God. <laughs> and we had it all on first person video right the, really the entire thing dude do we get part of this you know is that cleared i wish we did <laughs> i was so pissed off so when we downloaded the footage i mean we had all the footage from the beginning you know we downloaded it onto a corrupt cf19 computer and we lost every single bit of that footage man I was like, I was oh, so pissed I, off. I would be so excited if we could cut to oh my some God. of this helmet cam right now. <laughs> oh, my God. It, 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 it is amazing. You know, it, a lot of people, and I think Hollywood does a, does a disservice in this, you know, because 
I mean, how many gunfights have you been in where it's just hilarious the entire time? Everything, I mean, I've, all the ones I've been in, like, there's definitely jokes rolling around oh, yeah. everywhere. Yeah. It's like, and like you said, oh man, I really, really wish you would hail right now. Yeah. Like, I, I, it's crazy. I remember there was a conversation between me and a couple of infantry guys about grenade, like, you got any grenades? Oh, fresh out. Like, that's what I'm listening to. Like, oh my God. man, really could use one right now. Yeah, so could those guys right in front of us in their face. Like, you're listening to this as you're, like, also trying to talk to everybody yep. from here to space. It's... <laughs> so, uh, you know, when when, uh, when my buddy uh, Omar got hurt, we were actually stacked up on the door, you know, and uh, he ended up calling me over. And so I go up and stack over the door. Then we look off to the right. And all of a sudden, the field opens up, and there's this RPG that slams right in front of him, in front of us. So anyway, he ends up taking shrapnel to his right leg. Later, I found out that it missed him by millimeters. You know, he's like jumping around like, shit, I'm hit, you know? And I'm like, bro, come here. And uh, right in the middle of the gunfight, man, I'm like, drop drawer. He's like, bro, I ain't got no underwear on. And I'm like, dude, fucking drop drawer. Let me see it. <laughs> yeah, let me see. I need to make sure, you know, you need a tourniquet and bandage it up or whatever. So he drives the and I got his I got his cock hanging out right in front of me. And I'm like, bro, like, you know, come on. So I bandage up his leg, you know, tiny little pinprick. I mean, you could barely tell that it wasn't it wasn't like, you know, these uh, a major wound like you do in you know in the movies, which yeah. you know, there are some that do look like it, but it was amazing. And uh so on our way back. Like, we actually, uh, we were getting hit pretty hard. And uh, me and about five other guys decided to bring it, bring up the rear. And we're about, we're in a clearing and we're halfway back to our strong point And we start taking fire. And so we all get down and we're returning fire. And I'm like, all right, hey, I'm going to continue to fire. You guys go ahead and run out, right? And what happens when, you know, the last man taps you on the shoulder? Yeah. He's like, hey, last, last man. man. So I'm sitting there, like, engaging like a dumbass, buried face deep in the mud, you know, and nobody taps me. And I'm sitting there firing when I, you know, I, I think I hear somebody calling me, and I look over to my right, and they're like, come on! Like, I'm like, what the fuck? Where was my tap? So I'm running across this open field to get back into cover, and I'm like, holy Jesus. But it was hilarious at the time, you know? Um, I mean, it's just, it's, it really is amazing what you what you find funny, and you know it. It's not so much the gunfights that are memorable either. Like I mean, uh, for example, like man, uh, my buddy Rolando, he was the chef, right? We, I mean, he brought onions, he brought eggs, he brought potatoes, <laughs> he brought beans, and he was just an amazing chef. So every night when we got back after a gunfight. After the day of fighting, like <laughs> back in our trenches, yeah, like, you know, everybody pause. Fuck yeah, <laughs> you know. And Rolando would have this like you know feast waiting for us, and I'm like, oh my god, and you know, it's like those are some of the most memorable things. And I mean, even when we got resupplied, you know, we we got re we ended up getting resupplied uh, three different times, four pallets, three different times, four pallets of ammo. Grenades, 240. I mean, <laughs> it, it was insane. It was like, here we go. It, Let's start today back up. Yep. So, I mean, it was just ridiculous. So, on that resupply, we would also, you know, uh, Rolando's like, hey, man, we're out of onions. We're out of all this stuff. We're out of cigarettes and rippets. 
I'm like, put those motherfuckers on the top of the list. And they're like, dude, they're never going to give it to us. I'm like, hey. I'm like, you, you never know until you try. Yeah, just try it. So, and <laughs> I forget the name of the general. Like, we got a call back. You know, it's like, hey, uh, it says here your priority is cigarettes and dip and onions and all this shit. And, you know, we're like, yeah. Yeah. Who cares what our priority is? We're fighting. <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> and uh, I think one of the generals, I want to say it was General Miller. You know, he, he came out and he's like, you get those boys whatever the hell they need <laughs> and you tell them to keep on fighting. You know, and we're like, we got our shit. We got our resupply. <laughs> what a good, that, that's the right mindset right there. Like, they want onions and cigarettes, fucking give it to them. Yep. <laughs> Here you guys go. Keep pushing. Fuck yeah. <laughs> it, you know. And we did have some, you know, serious moments, man, where uh, uh, I want to say it was about a week and a half or into it, you know, um, about halfway into it, all the guys, most of the guys were hurt in some capacity. Um, this particular day, we ended up uh, killing two guys setting up IEDs for us. And we ended up pushing into the village going uh, after we killed them to do the BDA. And so uh, my buddy Logan, and then we're all lined up walking uh, in sort of a staggered file formation. Uh, and all of a sudden, one of the guys gets hit, you know, and uh, the the Afghan gets hit. And, I mean, it, it automatically I knew he was dead. Uh, the Afghan, at least, you know. So mm -hmm. the first Afghan who stepped on a pressure plate was dead. The guy behind him was, uh, I think he ended up dying later. But then my buddy Josh was behind him, and he ended up taking shrapnel from the first guy. His was, bone and his shit. Bone. Yeah. yeah, essentially it was his bone. Ripped his entire throat out. Ripped his throat out. And, you know, I ran up there and uh, we had another American there. And he ended up suffering concussion and took some shrapnel as well. Not as bad as Josh. And so I ran up there and the, the first thing that I see is Josh pointing at his throat. Like, man, it couldn't talk, obviously. And I'm mm -hmm. like, holy shit. You know, so I called up my medic, Jeff. I'm like, hey, bro. And as soon as he saw it, I mean, amazing, you know, awesome Delta, um, which is the, the, uh, yeah, medic special forces. He grabs his tube, automatically sticks it down, sticks it down his throat. Um, and I mean, we really couldn't even tell where his, uh, trach started or anything. Like it was just get him breathing, get him breathing. Yeah. yeah. And, but what was surprising, man, is he was so calm. Like Josh was like, so fucking calm, which is, you know, you really don't expect that in an in a injury that severe. And, you know, we were right in the middle of a gunfight, as usual, and the medevac wouldn't come out. Uh, they did not want to come out because we had a active, you know, we're, we're still in a tick, yeah. uh, a full-blown tick, you know. Um, so finally, I called up, and I'm like, this dude's going to die if we do not get a medevac in. So... Eventually, they sent one in, you know, and it's still bad weather. And I mean, it's shitty conditions. And uh, I mean, they were ready to shoot this thing down. They were ready to shoot the medevac down. And I actually had A-10s to put down suppressive fire. I just picked the field, you know. I mean, when you hear the burp. Yeah, it's like everybody. Everybody shuts up, you know. Yeah. Their intent was to shoot down. And then they didn't want to land because uh, the, the area that I picked was inside of a courtyard big enough to house a 60, you know, land a 60. And like, they're like, hey, has this been cleared of, uh, of an IED? 
or IEDs potentially. And I was like, shit, everybody's busy. They're doing their job. And so I get up, man, and I'm literally walking up and down like an idiot. And, you know, I'm like, well, you know, my buddy's dying. If I don't get him in here or whatever, and if he gets shot down. Or, send the basket down? No, 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 they didn't. Like, I cleared that entire thing by foot, you know. And, um, like, my thought process at the time is like, man, I don't want any of our guys to go down. And I sure as hell don't want the healer to go down. You know, so once I finished walking the entire thing, I was like, hey, you're cleared land. It's been cleared. And they're like, all right, gotcha. So they land, they take Josh away. And I mean, as, as we were pulling back, like we just leveled the place. Like I got clearance to just completely obliterate everything and anything in that area. So as we're walking back, I'm just doing countless uh, drops, you know, but dropping everything that I could. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, it, it, you know, there was, there was times where it got so intense and I was so busy that I literally had no time to write down any nine lines. You're just no. throwing grids, corrections, throwing, throwing grids, knowing where everybody is. Like, yep. Hey, confirm no one's forward of us. Nope. All right. That way. Yeah. But, you know, it, and I trust so when, I, yeah, ahead. when did you get? Uh, with about the same time that uh, that uh, Omar took the the shrapnel to the leg. Oh yeah. So what happened was, I mean, it's it's at dusk and you know uh, it's dark conditions and I usually roll with my sunglasses on. I couldn't see shit because of the dust and everything. So I took my glasses off and I mean it, it sounds to me it's kind of lame getting a purple heart for that, honestly. <laughs> but you know uh, what ended up happening is the overpressure fucked up my eye. Yeah. So it. Uh, the overpressure caused the membrane in my eye to, uh, I don't know, air or whatever the hell happens back there. And so when it healed over after about a year or so, like uh, there was scar tissue in the eye. So uh, life limer, I say, you know, and I still have a blind spot from it. So, yeah. uh, you know, to me, to me, in my opinion, it's kind of a lame way to get a purple heart. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> but... That's the, it's funny that that's our attitude because like we feel guilty. Yeah, I, like, I really do, man. Like, yeah. oh no, no, no. Whereas anybody on the other, yeah. wait, what? You t- took a bomb to the face? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. What? And you know, every other injury, man. I never want to leave country. So mm-hmm. it's like you know, I uh, one of my buddies was actually flying on the whiskey after that happened, yeah. and I was talking to him, and I'm like, hey, bro, I'm like. My eye's pretty fucked up. I'm like, I can barely see out of it. You know, and he's like, hey, man, uh, you want to come out of the field? And I'm like, hell no. I'm like, I'm, <laughs> I'm like, I am finishing this, you know, and I'm not done here yet. You know? And, uh, but anyway, that is the reason why I got, because I ended up telling him. And, you know, in a way, that's good leadership. That's good looking out, you know, because I didn't anticipate anything. It was just him and I bullshitting on the net after, you know, a day of fighting. And uh, so anyway, I, I get presented with uh, a Purple Heart when I got back. And I was like, what the fuck is this for? You know, and uh, it, hindsight, it, it, literally hindsight. Yes. <laughs> because of my eyeball, you know, and I was like, oh, okay. And, you know, I didn't want to take it. And it was like, you have no choice. <laughs> I'm like, all right, whatever. Oh, man. that That's a good one, though. Oh, my this God. This has been a good, this has been a good, good story. Bro, I, it, it is the amount of, I mean, there was even a Mexican standoff in this thing. <laughs> like literally Mexican standoff. 
Not to get, you know, for PC guys, turn it off right now. You're Mexican, you're fine. I'm Mexican, I'm good. <laughs> like literally from, from the day that we infilled to the day that we exfilled, we were getting shot at, we were getting blown up. And it came to a, a, a point where like, man, our own counterparts turned against us because they were so, they took the brunt of it. You know, yeah. half of us were wounded, walking wounded. Two guys got medevac, but they, oh my God, like they took the brunt and they had, uh, and I can't even remember the number of K they had. I want to say it was like 12 or 14 plus another 15 wounded. You know, it was, it was insane. Um, so as we were exfiling, we hit another IED. You know, and usually, typically, what happens is, you know, us as Americans, we go and pull everybody out. And the Afghans had seen us doing that. And for whatever reason, these guys decided to say, hey, we got it. And they went and grabbed, and I mean, it's just, they hit another IED. And three more dudes got killed. Three more guys got wounded. And it was just, you know, and, and at that point, like, man, we were tired. We were hungry. We were like, I mean, you know, we're done. We're smoked after 15 days. And uh, so I'm sitting on top of the hill and I'm watching the commander. He's basically got his rifle pointed right at my alpha, you know, my, my team leader. And so I put my scope on this guy's head and I radio down. I'm like, hey, sir, I'm like, just give me the word. And he's like, everybody fucking stand down. Nobody fucking do anything. And he's sitting there talking it out with him. Uh, so he, he diffused the situation and we eventually made the decision to go ahead and pull those guys out of the field and re- get a new, uh, uh, yeah. a, a new, uh, group of guys to come in and support us. And, uh, we also had another team come in from the North to clear the pass, our only way out of there. Um, but yeah, man, it, you throw everything and anything into this thing and, you know, we probably don't have time to go into the whole thing, man. But it was just, it's insane. And, you know, the one thing that, that I want to say is, like, man, that team worked. I mean, they used all my products. Everyone did their job. It was a fine-tuned what machine. What group was that? 7-2. Seven, seven. Uh, or 7213. Nice. 7213. Man, they were awesome. And I mean, every team I worked with was great, you know, but these guys, they were amazing. And they used all my products. They, everybody communicated efficiently. Everybody knew the role. Everybody knew their part. And everybody was about getting at it, you know. And the things that I saw, like, I mean, I'm, I'm fortunate that I got recognized. But I think these guys, man, like, at a minimum, at a minimum, they should have been a silver star for all these guys. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've seen dudes go way beyond their frontline trace, chasing after, you know, the bad guys, returning fire. I mean, going above and beyond. Anybody and, you want to shout out? Oh, or man. Give thanks to? Dude, Jeff, Jeff Tompkins. Yeah. Uh, uh, man, he, we're actually uh, medevac in one of our other Deltas who was blown up with uh, Josh and like, man, we went out there, me and the other JTAC, I had another uh, a backup JTAC with me. Um, he go, I, I'm placing the strobe to medevac this guy out, and I get shot from my own guys. And as I'm turning around to pie to shoot this dude, uh, my buddy pulls me out of the way, 
And next thing I know, I see Jeff running up. So when I turned to Pi to shoot our dude who was shooting at us, which I have no idea why, honestly, hindsight is probably trying to kill us so we can go home. Um, JTAC, you know, it's it's a go no go. So yeah. hindsight, he was trying to get rid of the JTACs, me and uh, the other guy, you know. And uh, so I see Jeff like shooting or basically just punch, punching this dude, butt stroking him on the rooftop, you know. And uh, so, I mean, he, he saved my life, man. Like, literally um, saved my life. Uh, Rolando, man, that dude is fantastic. I mean, he was, he had his eye pretty much cut underneath from, you know, blast and overpressure and everything. Um, Dustin with the minigun. Holy fuck, man. Alex, he was our uh, alpha. Fucking amazing. Um, Tony, our team sergeant. Like, I mean, Miller, every one of those dudes, man. Like, you know, and um, I apologize if I left anybody out of there, but like that entire team at that time, um, and they know, they know who they are. You know, it's just every one of those dudes at that time was just an amazing team. And I still keep in contact with a lot of those guys, man. Um, good friends. Jeff actually lives here in town. So does Dustin. Um, we, need to, we need to do this again. Yeah, we do, man. With a round table. We do. That. <laughs> Dustin is an amazing guy. You know, so is uh, Jeff. Jeff's still doing some. He's in the garden. He's doing some contract work. Awesome. Um, but, Ish, we can't thank you enough for coming back here. And doing round two. Oh, bro. Thank you for having me, man. That was quite the story. Uh, and yeah, let's do it again. Let's get these guys out here and let's keep going down these roads. And we got to get balls out here again, too. Oh, absolutely. So he was like instrumental in that. Oh, he was flying for you yes, while this was, was going on. He and he lives here. For me. Yeah. Anyway, and, you know, he's I'd, been out here before. I'd meant to bring him up, but that dude, <laughs> I mean, without, uh, the, without him coming back out, him and his crew. Yeah. Uh, and I wish I could get some of the whiskeys out here, man. But. It's just, un- you ever had a mission, like it, it, and I say it's a wet dream because every single player from air, from the guys on the ground, from a support standpoint, like, man, everything fell into place. It was amazing. That's awesome. Now, thank you. No, thanks, man. Ladies and gentlemen, free range. Amazing.